This is the Tribe of Millionaires podcast from Go Abundance. The tribe of healthy, wealthy, generous people who choose to live epic lives. Listen Tuesdays for featured guests and Fridays for Go Abundance member spotlights. But listen always to hear how our guests have grabbed life big. Now, here's your host, Jamie Gruber. What's up, everybody? Welcome. Welcome to the show. Today, I, you know, I'm mostly excited, and this is no offense to him, and I, I, I don't, I, he won't take offense here. I'm mostly excited about today's guest because we share a passion for one of the greatest things ever, and that is the Buffalo Bills. So we are both huge Buffalo Bills fans. Maybe I'll get him to do a shout song before the end of this podcast. We'll see. There it is. If you're on YouTube, he just picked up and showed his Bills. We're, we're, no matter where we are in the world, the fandom is ridiculous. Um, but let me, give, let me give him the right intro here. So he is an attorney. He's an entrepreneur. He's newly married. He's a GoBundance member. He's a Colombian resident. We'll talk about that. Welcome to the show, fellow Bills Mafia member, Adam Jason. Thanks, Jamie. I couldn't do this podcast with you without the, the Bills Yeti here. It only that's right. felt right. So that's right. Glad to I do it, it. But this is cool. Thank you. Well, we were talking before about Eric Wood, a former pro bowler, Walter Payton, man of the year, Buffalo Bills center. He'll be on this podcast. I'll make sure I'll get him to do a shout out to you. How's that? Awesome. Yes. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, let's, let's dive deep. Your Buffalo Bills roots. I'm sure we'll come into this, but what's the backstory of you? You're in Columbia now, but you started in Buffalo. Give me the, the beginning through, through there, if you would. Yeah, I guess it's probably even crazier the story thinking from where I am now to to where it came. But like you said, living down here in Columbia, been here for four years now, just got married back in March to a Columbia a long way from Buffalo, New York, really grew up small town there, spent most of my, I guess, young adulthood focused on football and that kind of stuff and, and really didn't kind of see the path forward of where I am now. But you know, went to Ithaca College to study to be a phys ed health education teacher and just got to a point where I said, wow, I don't think I can really do this. But told all, all my kind of influence growing up and, and everything was basically teachers and sports. So kind of saw myself going in that direction, got to the end of the road there in, term, in college and honestly needed to buy myself more time and find something that I could dedicate the same amount of effort that I'd given to sports, you know, in the next kind of phase of my life, chose to go to law school, like I said, part kind of new experience, but also give myself some more time to experience and, and figure out what I wanted to do, really hit the ball kind of uh, well there and, and picked up and ran with it, ended up working at two of the larger law firms in the US, really in the capital markets, SEC regulation areas, helping Fortune 500 companies, big Wall Street banks, raise a ton of money in IPOs, public private equity, probably done about $10 billion in, in financing for, for companies in the US. I, I got moved down to Dallas, was working at a firm down in Dallas and got an offer to go to a firm in Houston, had a month in between jobs. And you know my small town roots kind of took me through that traditional path of high school, college, you know, law school, go to work, Never had really done much traveling or anything along those lines. So wanted to use that month to really kind of do some exploration. 
found Columbia, met my now business partner down here, saw a ton of opportunity in, in the market from a business perspective, loved the lifestyle and everything it had to offer. Went back to the U.S. and was really at the point in my career where you decide, do you go to the, the partnership at the law firm? Do you go in-house and work for a client? What am I going to do? And I decided to kind of take the entrepreneurial route, move back down here to Columbia, get started building our own businesses and kind of knowing that that world back there was always there for me if I wanted to. Mm. Things have gone as well as I could have hoped for. And now sit as a partner for private equity group down here. We build businesses and we invest in businesses, really with the premise being, how do we open up a new market to US-based investors who are looking for opportunities they might not otherwise have access to in markets they otherwise might not have access to, but with a US-based management team that they can get comfortable around. From a lifestyle perspective, Things are fabulous down here. As I mentioned, got married a few months ago. It's crazy where kind of the twists and turns of, of life take you. And, you know, long way from Buffalo, but but still watch the bills every Sunday along with key. you. So <laughs> and and you're bringing you're bringing new fans like your wife, Colombian, uh, a Colombian woman into Bill's Mafia. That's important. It's important to expand. She she jokes that she's the founding <laughs> member of the Colombian fan club for the Bills, but when she sits next to me and watches the game, it's a lot more of Mario Brothers and playing on her phone than it is rooting for the team. So I'm working on it, but she does she does eat the wings that, that I make for the game. Nice. So. <laughs> Bills Bills backers Bills backers of Columbia. I like yeah, it. She's, exactly. she's the president of the club. I like exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, quick aside, Ithaca College. I went to Ithaca for two weeks. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, my first two weeks going to college, I just didn't like it there. I left before I could get my money back, but I lived in one of the towers, I think it was, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's funny that we share that as well. Yeah. Um, where'd you go to law school? I went to New York Law School. Okay. All right. So you stayed within New York and then later kind of jumped out. Why? Maybe you said it and I missed it, but why Columbia? When you decided to travel, what was it about Columbia that drew you in? Yeah, I really had that month between the jobs in Dallas and Houston. Saw a lot of opportunity in the market here. My business partner at the time was starting the coffee business that we now have within our portfolio of, of companies. We've grown that to be one of the three largest coffee companies in all of Colombia, soon to be number one. Really just saw it as a market where I could leverage my U.S.-based experience attract investment capital from U.S. folks who wanted to expand into new markets and, and find new opportunities. And I wanted to be kind of part of that, enabling people to be able to do that and, and saw a good opportunity here as well as generally just liking it. I like that. Well, and that's the other question. What keeps you there? What's keeping you there? I mean, the business I get, I, I, that's, that's easy. Yeah. But if, if the lifestyle, if the culture, if, if just how you're living day to day isn't, isn't great, you know, you'd, probably, you'd find a way to unravel from the businesses. So what is it about Columbia that keeps you there? I've reflected on this more and more, obviously, with the pandemic and things like that. And, and you know, things were pretty locked down here for an extended period of time. And so I asked myself, you know, really without my wife and my family and everything here, kind of what would, would I still be here? Tough question to answer from a what if perspective, but I would give most of the credit to my wife, her family, the ability to find opportunities and, and kind of the freedom that I have to live and explore here. I think those are all, I think those are all benefits. And I think the uniqueness from the business perspective and the things that we're doing excite me every day. So 
I think, you know, kind of in my reflection and to answer your question, I think I still would be here and, and enjoying it regardless of uh, kind of viruses or non-viruses or whatever sure. it is. I, I enjoy, I enjoy the life here. Do you find a lot of expat, a lot of expats there? I mean, is there a, a large expat, expat community that are you plugged in with them? Just kind of curious about that. It's continuing to grow. I think Colombia, Latam, places like Mexico, kind of Costa Rica, especially like you'll see it a lot with the GoBundance guys. A lot of people are more and more open to exploring the world, looking for new opportunities, maybe splitting time between the U.S. and other locations. The cost of living here brings a lot of expats, yeah. retirees. I mean, you basically, if you're on Social Security, you can live like a king here for and, and just bank on that. The weather is amazing. Where I am in Medellin, they call it the land of eternal spring. So basically, mm -hmm. we have U.S. spring climate year round. People enjoy that as well. And I see more and more investment capital and people looking for business opportunities versus the kind of purely come and enjoy it from a tourist perspective, continuing to develop with more and more years here. What's the downside? Like, what is it? I mean, you know, you, you're an American guy. You've lived in a certain culture for your entire life. You know, Buffalo is Madison, Wisconsin is Chicago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's a lot of commonality there. Is there anything from a lifestyle perspective that's still a little bit hard for you to navigate or a downside to being a, an expat in a country like that? Touches on your previous question, but I would say building relationships is challenging just because of a, I guess you have less people to choose from, to be honest with you. And part of my motivation for being GoBundance is put myself around people who are like-minded, even though I'm at a distance and, and work to build those relationships. I think things continue to evolve and get better here. And you're seeing more, I would call kind of human and intellectual capital entering the market. Sure. People are spending more time here exploring projects and opportunities, but you still have a, I would call it a, a tight community of, of people that I would say are kind of thinking on the same wavelength as, as you and I might be. How's the Spanish for you? I, I, I would say it's, it's, uh, fluid or, or near fluid, but you know, huh. I still get weird looks whenever I get in a taxi cab and there's <laughs> usually a breaking in period of this person isn't going to know anything I'm saying. So they don't really listen, but I, I, I think I got it down. <laughs> is, there, is there any, uh, from a safety perspective, is, is there, is that a concern? Like, you know, you hear about folks that moved to Puerto Rico. I've talked to a few of those because of act 20, act 22, a few of yeah. those folks that have moved there. And they, yeah, they report on like, yeah, Hey, it's a great life, but there's certain times a day, you know, you gotta be careful going out that, that Similar or is it not that your experience in Colombia? I mean, pick your poison, whether you're in, you know, name your cities, Buffalo, Houston, <laughs> wherever it might be, you know, it's, it's kind of go to the right places and be around the right people. But I can tell you, you know, I've never had any experience here that for me, I would consider dangerous or anything like that. But I also, um, you know, try to keep my nose clean. <laughs> as you can. Yes. You mentioned in the month that you visited, you met your business partner in that yep. month. Is your business yes. partner Colombian? Is he an expat or she an expat? Um, and, and talk a little about how that, I mean, in a short period of time, how you met your business partner within that month. Yep. He's, he's from North Carolina, former yep. PricewaterhouseCoopers, really focused on, on M&A and, and did largely banking transactions, M&A, really all over the world between Beijing, Hong Kong, Bermuda, now Colombia. We connected because he was right at the point of launching the coffee business that we have. Mm. 
99% of our investor base are US, US folks. To bring money into Colombia, to attract that investment capital, you still have to comply with all the US regulation around raising, raising investment money. Mm. So he needed somebody with my experience in SEC, capital markets, working for the firms that I mentioned and the clients I mentioned to kind of help springboard and, and do some of the legal work behind it, but also kind of advise on, on how to attract that capital into really a new market and a new opportunity. So we connected on that front. I loved what was going on, helped from the U.S., and then January 2018 decided to make it a full-time move. Love it, man. I love it. That's incredible. Any, what are the long-term plans? Are you envisioning a life in Colombia? I do. I do, especially with my wife's family here. Yeah. We'll split time, of course. My family is really spread out now across the U.S., uh, but the goal right now is build some special businesses, enjoy the time here, spend the time with her family while we can. They're a little, her parents are a little bit older. Uh, so we try to take advantage of that, but give her the opportunity. She's a doctor here to explore her career mm-hmm. and, and just see kind of where life takes us. The one thing I've learned and telling you my story and reflecting on it is you just never know where things are going to go. But for the moment, very content and very ambitious in terms of what we're trying to do and enjoy the life that we have. That's amazing. As long as you make it back once a year for a game with the kids, eventual kids, if you decide to have them, that's important. I have on my one sheet as uh, it's been on there forever. Bucket list is to watch a game from the sideline with my two sons. That's a goal. very nice a one game in Buffalo, of course. Uh, very nice. Uh, maybe I can you get talked Aaron. about you talked about Columbia being dangerous, but I think that Bill's parking lot for those <laughs> tailgates might be potentially more. <laughs> if you're a Patriot fan in particular, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen. Well, real quick aside, when I moved to Boston years ago, there was an article on the front of like the sports section of the Globe about it. So it was this this Patriot fan with like um, his hands taped, both his hands taped. He got beat up at a tailgate, which is terrible in Buffalo. Yeah. And was the only thing that made me kind of like, you know, the way he described it was like he was just sort of alive. And then he started getting kicked by a bunch of Bills fans. And I'm like, you weren't saying anything. You weren't, you know, no mouthing off. I'm not saying it's justified. Yeah. <laughs> but I think there needs to be at least a trigger. Like lions don't attack unless there's at least a, you know, so. No. Well, I'm glad you see those videos now. I'm glad on your one sheet, it doesn't say throw my wife through a table right. in the parking lot. <laughs> right. There is a great viral video of a baby going through a table. They built a little baby table and they lowered the baby down just and then like, it's a little thing. It was cute. It was neat. It was a, a fun little way of doing it. But gosh. Anyway, we digress. We digress. Yes. Um, so you and your partner have built, I believe it's Legacy. Is that the name of the company? Yeah, Talk a little Group. bit about that. And what we talked about uh, the coffee company, and I want to dive a little more in on that, but give me an overview. And then uh, like we talked about before, like take us down the funnel a little bit. Sure. So Legacy Group is a private equity fund that we built here. Like I said, we either create businesses or place our own investment capital into various businesses here. I'd say the roots of the business really go to what we're doing in coffee. Started back in 2017, the Green Coffee Company. We've grown that to be, as I mentioned, the third largest producer of coffee in the country. We'll be number one next year. We've brought about $20 million into Colombia to support that, to support that business. Honestly, a large chunk of it coming from GoBundance and the, and the current funding round that we have going on. Been a huge boom for what we're, we're doing and very grateful and had the privilege of having a lot of the guys from the group come down and see what we're doing. Great way to build connections and, you know, in a way, open up new opportunity to people who want to come and explore Colombia and don't know where to go or what to do. So we try to show everybody a fun time while they're here. 
We also have an interesting investment in a tech company down here. They went from the time we invested in them, 2019, it was basically three guys in an old apartment that really special from a talent perspective with respect to design, video game creation, e-learning, a lot of the kind of industry metrics in the, in the tech space that are taking off right now. We invested in those guys back in 2019. Now they have 96 employees, penthouse floor in one of the nicer buildings here in the city. They'll, they, they'll do about 3 million of, of revenue this year and should be one of the, call it top tech companies in the country this year. So really seeing kind of something special grow there. And, you know, we just can continue to try and find unique opportunities and exciting industries and open those to investors. How do you vet that? So you've got coffee down, you, you went down yeah. that rabbit hole created, you know, you got, you're in green, the green coffee company, which I'll talk a little bit more about here in a second. Yeah. But then now you're in e-learning and tech and video games and all that stuff. And you're betting this company, three dudes in an apartment. And you mentioned there's talent there. Like, how do you determine that? How do you learn that? Like, what's the team? What's the process? If you don't mind, just kind of diving in and give us some, some peek behind the, the curtain. Yeah. I mean, honestly, in, in some way, that one was, was kind of lucky for us and an old, uh, my partner's business partner before me had found those guys and they were helping him do some work with toys and this kind of thing. And he had actually, and it sounds ridiculous to say, but taken some money out of the business that they had and invested without telling my now business partner about it. Yeah. So as that kind of unraveled, we came to meet these guys and said, you know what, these guys have a ton of talent. We basically had a remaining commitment amount in, in, the, in the equity that they were raising. And we just saw the opportunity and said, let's, let's fill it out. So they were raising money at like 300,000 valuation. We bought about 25% of the business. And like I said, now it's, it's a $3 million a year revenue business. Uh, and, and they're really just kind of just getting started. So in a way, lucky, in a way, being willing to take some risk, you know, yeah. not playing with a huge amount of money, but, you know, at some point, um, just, just seeing potential and, and going for it. I love it, man. That's incredible. Let's, let's pivot over to green coffee. Cause there has sure. been a lot. I know Jake Harris went down there. A few other guys went down to check it yeah. out. And there's, I saw you present about it in uh, Atlanta. I believe it was Atlanta yes. when you talked about it, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, really, really interesting company and, and an opportunity. You mentioned you. third largest Colombian coffee company will soon be number one. Give me, can you, can you frame that for me a little bit? Like, is there, are there only three Colombian? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what's, what does that look like? I don't know this world of coffee. So can you give us sort of like a, a two, three minute sort of overview of the coffee business and how green coffee fits in or, or what the niche is or what exactly it is that your growth proposition is based on? Yeah, absolutely. I guess starting just kind of with the industry in general, I would say, you know, if people know coffee, Colombian coffee yeah. is kind of synonymous with the, the industry. It's the third largest coffee producing country on earth behind Brazil and Vietnam. And really, there's no, there's no market opportunities there for foreign investment. Vietnam, I think it's actually illegal for foreign, in, for foreign investment to come into domestic companies there. Brazil, there's just kind of playing at a different scale and there's really no, nothing open, especially with US operators. And we structure everything out of the US to make it frictionless for, for our investors so that they can participate. The play really is 
take an old industry that's very decentralized with old technology and play the consolidation game and, and operate at scale to become macroeconomically significant in Colombia, but also in the industry as a whole. So for example, 95% of the coffee producers here in Colombia have, have, have less than three acres of land. Mm. So you have a, a major issue where you have a lot of production, but very little ability to export. A lot of the business is done through the National Federation that's set up here. But we were able to kind of take this idea a few years ago, consolidate land holdings from second, third generation families that were selling and really kind of wanted to move on in life. Put those land holdings together, consolidate infrastructure. Just two weeks ago, we opened what's really the most technologically advanced coffee facility we, we know in Colombia and perhaps globally from a processing perspective, being able to establish quality and consistency in our coffee so that we can sell to international buyers like Starbucks, Sucafina, Nestle, those kind of folks. Really, the business is premised on the idea that through that consolidation, through that scale, by going further down the value chain, we can open ourselves up to interesting business opportunities in terms of an exit for our investors, whether it be to PE, to selling to one of our selling the business to one of our clients, or the one that we're most excited about and leveraging my background, my business partner's background is really getting to an IPO in the US. And using the coffee business as kind of a jumping off platform for not only being a great coffee company, but building other product lines and businesses around what we're, what we're doing. What green, why green? It's kind of a play on words in the sense that it's um, green, green coffee is the pre-roasted version. So if you ever see like a coffee bean that's dried, but then it also ties into the sustainability component and all the initiatives that we're pushing here, whether it comes to employee treatment, energy conservation, recyclables and, and use of byproducts really plays into that sustainability initiative, which is driving a lot of value of the business. So it has that, that double, that double sense for, from a naming perspective. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of double entendre almost. Yes. That's the right. I wasn't sure if that was the right way to use it. So I avoided I don't think it. Entendre. I don't think it is. No, you're, yeah, very lawyerly, very lawyerly of you. I just like, I just dive into it and look like an idiot. No problem. Yeah, double entendre. It's the, I've heard that phrase before. We'll call it that. Um, now, so this is, so are, are you still open and raising on, on, on uh, the fund for green coffee or is it like, you know, fully funded, ready to go? We started at 9.6 million. And as of today, we're down to 325,000. Wow. Left to race. So, yes. So really might, touching the, uh, the end of the chat. We might have to chat at the end. Okay. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So, so green coffee, you're doing all this great stuff. Um, what is next? Is it just continuing down this path or are you looking at other companies with legacy? Like, I'm just kind of curious what the, the next level is. I think the goal right now is to go really deep on the coffee business and, yeah. and make sure we deliver on what we've promised to investors. How much that, coffee are you drinking per day right now? I'm curious. I'm, I'm only at about two cups. I'd rather sell it. You know, you're just not supposed to consume your own product. That's the whole. <laughs> I love it. So we'd rather sell it than, uh, than consume it. But And if you covered it, I probably, but like distribution wise, is green yeah. coffee something I can go to my local Kroger or Tops if you're up in Buffalo? Like, where do I find green coffee? 
Right now we sell B2B. So we're focused on sales here in Colombia and then to large international buyers. So like I mentioned, like the Starbucks, Superfinas of the world, we'll do about 3 million pounds of of, of coffee this year. We'll ex- export about 40%. We're continuing to move further and further down the value chain. This month, we'll be opening the Amazon store really as a, as a kind of a marketing exercise and trying to get our coffee into hands of investors. Incredible demand. You know, we have Go Abundance guys who are in the project and they're asking for 100 bags to give to their family for the holidays which is great. So in many ways, that's driving it. But as the business continues, and as we progress, we'll continue to go further down the value chain, because that's where the margins are. What do I mean by that? We'll basically be opening coffee roasters in the US. We'll be selling wholesale, working with some brand creation, getting brands under management. All it really does is allow us to sell our own coffee further down, further down the line and increase the margins. What's going on, everybody? It's Jamie. I'm jumping in real quick here because some people are listening to this podcast thinking, man, I hear this guest. I hear what they're talking about. This whole GoBundance thing sounds pretty cool. I'd love to be a part of that. And I would say to you, if you are qualified to be part of GoBundance, you're a millionaire or accredited at the very least, jump on to GoBundance.com and just put your application in. You'll get on a call. It might even be with me where we can talk about what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish, and what it is to be part of this community in depth. Would love to have a conversation with you about that. It's been just so life-changing for me. And for those of you out there that are saying, yeah, sounds great. I would if I were a millionaire or if I were accredited, but I'm not there yet. We've got that now. We've built a program and I run it. I love, love being a part of it. I left my job for it called Emerge and Ascend. Emerge is where you got to start. It's a 12-week intensive sprint goal-setting course. You're going to get curriculum every week. You're going to get live intervention every week. You're going to get connection with GoBundance members every week. You're going to get accountability from like-minded people every week. Jump into that, kill it, and we invite you to Ascend, which is essentially the GoBundance Mastermind without the million-dollar requirement. And we actually even add in coaching to help folks find their purpose, their mission, their values it's intense. It's, it's everything all wrapped in one. So again, if you're a millionaire or you're at least accredited and you're wondering about this GoBundance thing and that should I, shouldn't I, just apply. Throw your name in. You lose nothing. All you do is put your name into an application form. You get on a phone call and then you decide. If you're not yet at that million dollar mark, look at Emerge. GoBundance.com slash Emerge. And what you can do as well is drop my name in there, Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, and we'll knock 200 bucks off the tuition for Emerge. Jump in there and we'll get you started on your journey toward being a whole life millionaire, toward getting to GoBundance, whatever you want. People in Emerge, people in Ascend, people in GoBundance all report back often the changes it's made in their lives financially, relationally, and everywhere else. So go to GoBundance.com, check all of that out, see wherever you are, dive into that particular area of GoBundance, and we'd love to see you inside of the tribe. Now, back to our show. How much, this is a curiosity question because you've got a unique brand, a unique proposition. It's not another, you know, it's not a a real estate syndication. It's not a a real estate fund. I mean, a lot of stuff that you see out there is that this is like, you know, a tequila fund or a bourbon fund or a coffee fund or all of that stuff. How much investment or how much do you leverage vanity in a product like this when attracting investors? Does that question make sense? Like the hundred bags and all of that, like how much do people just want to be invested in something cool? Um, and that's where, and and how much do you leverage that to attract investors? If at all, people love coffee that that's, 
you know, it's not going anywhere. And, and I think people enjoy the uniqueness of the experience. Also, Colombia, people who have been here love it and try to find, I think, a way to be involved in the market and see the opportunity. I think at the end of the day, though, it's always a financial question that drives yeah. investment. But, sure. you know, it doesn't hurt to have something that people are passionate around or, you know, we'll send them the coffee and I get pictures of them you know, do it, putting it through the French press and doing those kind of things. It's also a lifestyle element of it where a lot of, as you mentioned, some of the guys from GoBundance are coming down here. We're taking them out to the farms and the helicopters. They're able to touch and feel the coffee. They're just doing something different that, you know, like you said, in your typical real estate syndication, it, it might not be as unique and exciting to somebody. So I'm sure there's a psychological component of it, but it's, it's always... It's always a financial question at the end of the sure, day. Sure. And you're marketing to the financial, uh, you know, the person investing from a financial perspective for sure. But very I much wondered, so. but like when you presented, I remember when you presented at, um, at uh, Atlanta, there was something about it that was just sexy. Not you. I mean, sure. yes, you're, 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 you're married now or off the market. Sure. So I'm not talking about you <laughs> specifically being sexy, although you are, um, but there's something sexy about obviously the investment above and beyond it being a financial win. So yeah, yep. I'm just curious, a guy, you know, like you, who's, who's so embedded in, in what you've done from a, a, a fundraising SEC, all that stuff perspective, how much that, that sexiness of brand or that vanity of brand is ever marketed to, but it sounds like it's, yeah, it's there, but you're really speaking to the financials. It's critical, I think, and it will be more so down the line, you know, as we move, I guess, call it away from B2B sales. And it's, it's more of a consumer facing company. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the value you're seeing created on public markets these days, a lot of it is, is around name recognition and, and companies that people know and that they, that they basically use and are clients of. A lot of retail capital going in, in that direction. But we always want to have strong fundamentals and make sure the business, the business works for investors and has you know, kind of a, a strong financial backing to it really the generation of the business was designed to be appealing to real estate investors who were looking for cash flow, who wanted to do something a little bit different than call it commercial real estate, but still wanted a collateralized asset backed product. But what we saw with the business is unlike commercial real estate, we could really take the roof off the potential for it by doing things like getting to an IPO or selling out to private equity, where if you're trading in commercial real estate, you're always going to be kind of limited by cap rates. And you know, there, there's, there's a, I would call it a ceiling when it comes to those kind of, of products. From an investment perspective, we knew we create something with a strong floor, that cash flow that had those assets to support the business, but that it could also sell for the kind of multiples that we know people are, are looking for. And frankly, are having a hard time finding these days with, with what's going on across asset classes. True. Very true. What's the duration of time? What's your projected timeline to be number one? We'll get there in, in, in Q1 next year. Amazing. Congrats, yeah. man. That's incredible. Thank you. Thank you. That's something yeah. like you said, you go, you think about it when you reflect for a moment for you go from Buffalo, New York to living in and, and owning the largest co a coffee company in the country known for coffee. Yes. Yeah. Crazy. It's, it's, uh, it's a crazy, crazy ride. God bless, man. Amazing. Thank you for that. Let's dive into some of the one sheet stuff. So we're going to go pillar okay. by pillar and uh, we'll talk first about the horizontal income one. Like currently what, what is the horizontal income look like for you? I know a lot of it's equity based, 
Um, and how many lines is that? Yeah, mine in terms of horizontal income is low. It's all about kind of value creation. I honestly don't put a huge emphasis on kind of passive income and the cost of living here is incredibly low. Like I probably spend about 2K a month. So wow, it costs that's everything? Yeah, I mean, between myself and my wife, we're probably 4,000 all in. Wow. So wow. for me, I'm way more interested in, I would call it building life-changing amounts of money versus trying to have a lot of call it smaller income streams to me it's it's um not as interesting so i have some mm. some single family homes back in buffalo just knowing the area there um but not a whole lot i'd probably say passive income and kind of don't work at all for it would be, would probably be about 25,000 a year if, if that, okay. but again, it's not a, it's not a uh, focus. All of my interest is in long-term value creation and, and trying to build kind of big exits that you get that money and then you can redeploy that versus trying to kind of do it. Um, I don't need it from a lifestyle perspective. Well, no, I mean, you're, you're a 100 percenter on 25,000 a year for what yeah. you described, right? Because of the Basically. cost of living basis that you have in, in Colombia. That's amazing, man. 25 grand, 100 percenter. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that amazing? That's we've awesome. set it all. We've set it all up where, you know, on a vertical income perspective, both my business partner and I make 120,000 a year. The reason for that is, and, and, you know, I think guys will find this interesting if they're looking at, you know, different markets or some guys want to move and live outside the U.S. But, you know, you get right now about 108000 in foreign income exclusion from from any kind of tax liability. And then you get your standard deduction of about 12. So we add those up. We get to the 120. We pay we pay no tax. You know, we get some passive income that offsets the kind of passive um, or expenses and everything that we have coming in. And then the rest is redeploying all the money that we make back into the businesses. So the coffee, for example, my business partner and I have, have rolled about 1.3 million into that and just continue to try and grow it and, and be yeah. right there alongside our investors. Try and grow it. That's yeah. a double entendre. That's yes. a for sure double entendre. Try and grow <laughs> it. Um, the real quick managing houses in Buffalo from Columbia, friends, family, professional management. How do you do that? I have a professional manager. Gotcha. Makes sense. Yeah. Takes care of everything. Yeah. Yeah. And 2000 a month. Um, what is like, are you in a, you know, studio apartment with a, with a Murphy bed or, or it's like, give me an idea of lifestyle at 2000 a month. Yeah. So we live in a, a three bed apartment, three, three bed, three bath kind of high amenity building in terms of, you know, I got the pool downstairs and the squash court and, and jacuzzi and, and steam room. Pretty, pretty amazing. We, that we live in, I would say maybe not the, the, the top neighborhood here, but probably the second best in terms of where to live, but a little bit outside of the kind of tourism high action areas so that we can be closer to my wife's family and also have a little bit more kind of peace and quiet. But yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's kind of all you need to have a good life here. Man. Amazing. Amazing. Thanks for sharing all that. That's incredible. How yeah. about, uh, let's go to age defying health. So what is your weight body fat percentage right now? If you know it, I weigh about 180. I'd say my body fat percentage, I don't know, maybe like between, and let's give a range, maybe like 12 to 15. Okay. I still try to keep pretty good 
pretty good condition. Uh, just, I guess, never stopped from the football days in terms of exercise and trying to eat healthy and stay active and going out for a run as soon as you and I finish here. So there you go. There you that go. part of the life I try to put on speed dial and, and focus kind of where the mind needs to be active. So I like that a lot, man. It's funny. Like I, I do these spin class posts. People, people know me for that a little bit. You know, like I go to spin class left, but the reason I like spin class, I don't have to think I right. can just go. Somebody else tells me what to do. They yell at me for 45 minutes and then I'm out. And there's no like, Oh, uh, let me check my phone between sets or whatever. I, I, you know, so I, I get that, like set the right. mind on, on cruise control. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, you got multiple podcasts. I know you guys are, are really active business wise too. So the more you can kind of program to just happen naturally. I think that's, that's a good thing. It's a great way of putting it. I like that. Um, you mentioned football real quick. What was the, did you high school? Did you play some college? I played in college. Yeah. Believe it or not, I used to be a, a 250 pound defensive end. So now at 180, I'm a shell of my former, former self. <laughs> no kidding. You played at Ithaca. <laughs> I did. That's I did. amazing. I love it. Yeah. That's great. Um, all right. Tell me about, uh, well, we already talked about family married. Um, I'm just curious, kids, plans for kids thinking about it. Nah, never. What's the, what's the mindset on kids? I think we'll do it. I think we've been like, neither of us has been like definitely yes or definitely no. So we've just drifted in a little bit of a no man's land, you know, having the wedding last year, but also kind of losing, I'd call a good chunk of two years with respect to the virus and being able to kind of do the travel and exploration that we wanted to, it's time to, I guess, transition to that and, and, and think about it more. I think we'll have one. That's my expectation. I think, I think that's more than enough. We, we go two. see my, <laughs> that, that'll mean two. you'll have the one uh, and then you'll be like, ah, you know, the one, I, I mean, you know, provided everything goes okay, but you, you know, the one is going to be um, like, man, they just require so much of our attention. We need a running mate. So two is sort of like completing the set. Like you got the one plate on the wall. You need the other one. That's the second kid. <laughs> I, I'm willing to take you up on this wager that it'll only be one. <laughs> I don't know. I, you have too much control over this. So yeah. no, I, I, I won't take that bet. I won't take that Maybe bet. Maybe I, I might need your bet to, to be the reason to not have the second one. There so I might have to, to do this. I like that. I like that. <laughs> um, all right. What about life happiness? What's your life happiness index right now? And what are you working on most? Yeah, I went through this and filled out the one sheet here. I got a 7.12. Okay thrown off a little bit by, I guess the, uh, you know, children is a zero. So that focuses in on the, on the average, but you know, I, I kind of judge myself on a daily basis and I'd say I, I wake up excited and enthused for kind of all things that my life has to offer right now, whether it's business or seeing my wife who, who I love and is really special person fantastic building new relationships kind of, I've learned to very, you know, maybe with the move down here and everything, just kind of open myself up to all the different possibilities and kind of uh, serendipity that comes with just going through the world on a daily basis. So I would say I'm derive most of my happiness from just being optimistic and open to possibilities. I like that. Um, you mentioned children zero, but you're happy with where you are with children, right? Yes. So why not a 10? Oh, I don't know. I thought if it, if it was children, it would be, <laughs> it had to be, if there were none, it had to be zero. But I think you've, you've changed how I need to look at this. I guess. There you go. I've increased your life happiness just in one conversation. Huh? You have. I Not should bad. see what it does to the, 
<laughs> Not bad. How about contribution? Where do you contribute? What do you contribute? Or your give back ratio? Whatever you want to share with that. This is another one that I think a lot about and kind of what's the best uh, use of my money and time and what to do. What I've seen is the way that we have the most impact, honestly, is through growing and, and building these businesses. This year, we'll reach 400 employees in the, in the businesses that we have. That's full-time. We have another 300 part-time workers that work with us as we're working through the coffee season. You know, to me, to go from zero to basically becoming the largest employer in the town that we work in, kind of being so fundamental in the lives of so many of those folks, whether it be through investment dollars or building those businesses, to me, that's the best direction of kind of capital. For example, the tech company that I mentioned to you, you know, they, they this year will sponsor about 2,000 scholarships for not only children, but even adults in the community here who their whole life have been interested in accessing technology, working in video mm -hmm. games, all the kind of facets of, of, of that industry that honestly require usually technology, money, access to computers, access to internet that a lot of people don't even have the ability of, of, of touching. So, you know, being able to do that, potentially provide jobs for those kind of people, that's where I find to be the most kind of the, the, the best use of my uh, time and, and resources. And I'm sure we'll continue to explore some more kind of ways to give back and, and do some things there. Close uncle of mine just got through a cancer fight in the last year and a half or so. And we're looking at some doing some donations there and, and that and, uh, you know, participating maybe in, in a, some of the kind of the, you know, the marathons and the runs that are directed towards those causes. But to me, if, if I want to make an impact at scale, I think the best thing is to give opportunity and, and jobs. I love that. I think that's true contribution. So that's a great, great answer. I appreciate you. I appreciate you laying that out. How about Thanks. you, Gopad? Who, who is in it and what's the current discussion right now? Yeah, I just started with a new one in the in the champions group. So it is uh, Tyler Evans, Paul Coroneos, a few other guys that are still kind of chipping in. So we're really just getting we're really just getting that off the ground. A couple the crypto guys, though, huh? Okay, big big crypto discussions in that pod. No, a lot of the crypto discussion. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, those those guys like that. That that is not my universe. So I just kind of absorb and listen and and see if there's an opportunity. But, um, you know, I think the, from the, from the preliminary discussions we've had, I, I like the optimism among the group. Some of the guys are investors, so I've gotten to know them a little bit previously. Um, you know, and I think it's, it's the high point is definitely just taking a little bit of time out of your week and spending time with guys who kind of think the same way as you do and, and, and seeing, hearing about the things they have going on in their lives, picking up, kind of tidbits of information or whether they're reading a good book or anything like that. And then, you know, trying to contribute a little bit as well and, and work on those relationships. Love it, man. Love it. What's the next uh, trip you're planning? What's the next adventure uh, in your life? Park just City? got back from, just <laughs> got back from Houston. I went there to see family, but also to see the, the Chris Stapleton concert. If you oh, know good. who he is. I don't, awesome. but I'm Amazing. guessing country, country music. It is. Yeah. Sounds like a country name. So yeah. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> Did that. And then the next trip for the year, trying to still trying to make Dallas work for the, the champions event there. And then going up to Florida, we have 
for, for New Year's, we have basically all of the Colombian side of the family going with us. And then a lot of the U.S., you know, my side of the family getting together in, in Florida where my mom lives. We're going to do a, ram, a, a lamb roast one day. We're going to do the typical Colombian sancocho, the soup that they make here every New Year. So kind of blending those two cultures together. And, you know, we'll be driving the bus from Miami to Punta Gorda with, you know, the, the whole the whole group there. So it'll, it'll okay. be a lot of fun. I love Dominican Sancocho. My wife's Dominican. So we share ah, that. Okay, as well. Perfect. We've got yes. Ithaca College. We've got the Buffalo Bills and we have uh, Latin American spouses. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and good soup and food. And bald yeah. and bald. That's um, true. So all good stuff. All right, cool. <laughs> Let's wrap this up with a question from the GoBundance card game. It's funny. I looked at this before. And as you talk through, I think I think it's a good question. The two of clubs. What <laughs> could you do today that you couldn't do a year ago? And what will you be able to do in a year? What can you do today my that life, you couldn't do a year ago? Yeah, yeah go for it. My, um, professionally, I've, I've moved basically almost fully away from being an attorney to basically an entrepreneur, thinking about strategy, building businesses. I would say a lot of that has occurred over the last year and, and the creative energy necessary to kind of push through the pandemic and all the stuff that we've had to deal with in our, in our businesses. A year from now... Well, I expect that everything we're doing will have accelerated probably beyond kind of even where I think that they'll be from a, from a business perspective. Maybe we'll have that kid coming that we, that we mentioned. The one. The one. The one. Well, <laughs> we only have time in the next year for one, I think, unless they come in pairs. I'm a twin, so you never know. I, I don't know how that, ah, that, how that works. But yeah, um, yeah. I try to just put one, one foot in front of the other every day and, and get better. And, and, and I think the thing that would make me the most proud is being a good husband and building these businesses and honoring, you know, the investors that we've worked with a lot of the go abundance guys, making sure that everything we told them we can stand by and, and, and deliver for them. That would make me very proud of since, especially since I'm so kind of intri intricately involved in, in the day to day of what we're trying to do. And I expect, all of this to lead to building, you know, really great relationships and, and where it goes from there and what conversations I'll have, you know, time will tell. I love it, man. I love it. All great stuff. All great stuff. I do have one other closing question before I, I find out do where, uh, where people can meet, uh, you know, learn more about you, but how much does it drive you nuts when somebody says, how would you like your wings? And they say, Buffalo. That one doesn't bother me as much as the people that eat uh, the wings with the ranch dressing. That, that to me is blue cheese or bust, right? That, that, that to me is horrible. And then down here, <laughs> I've seen people eating them with wearing like the, the, the plastic gloves that, that to me is, you know, part of it is, is, is the messiness and, and all of that. So hundred percent. Yeah. It always kills me. <laughs> like the further I've moved from New York, it, it, you know, wing. Okay. How do you want your wings? It would be mild, medium or hot. Right. It yeah. was implied that they're Buffalo wings. That's where right. they're from. But around here, it's like, you know, Buffalo or teriyaki or barbecue. It's like, no, 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 no. Within Buffalo, it's mild, medium or hot. You don't say Buffalo wings. It kills me. I've seen people order me. them with with Alfredo sauce before. To me, Come that's on. ridiculous. Absolutely. Yeah. Un-American. Un-Colombian even. White, white sauce. Well, you'll be happy to know that when we finish the... <laughs> the cap race for the coffee company, our, our celebration will be a Buffalo wing tour 
back nice. in Buffalo. Oh, what, that, that's anchor the, bar? Uh, like, what do you mean? Oh, just hitting them all. Duffy's anchor bar, all of them. Is that the tour? Have to. Exactly. Got it. Got yeah. it. I yeah. love it. I love so it. So you, you can, you, it, it never leaves your, it never leaves your blood, whether That's it's true. the bills or the wings or whatever. It's, it's always, <laughs> always there. there. Pierogies. <laughs> All right. Uh, where could people learn more about you? Green coffee legacy. Where do you want to direct folks to? I think, uh, you know, for the go abundance guys listening, best places, just find me on the Facebook group, the, the go abundance elite, or now we have the go suite email is good too. It's adam.j at legacy-group.co, not, not .com, .co like in uh, Columbia. Yep. And, uh, you know, you guys can find me anywhere, but, you know, go abundance guys, definitely the, the Facebook group. I'm pretty active there and, and try to keep up with the conversation. So that's a good place. Good stuff, man. Appreciate you coming on. Hope uh, the eternal spring is treating you well down there in Medellin. Yes, and, uh, Look forward to getting to a Bills game or at least hooking up at one of these events in the near future. So absolutely. Thanks, Jamie, for the time and the opportunity. I appreciate it. Sure thing. The wrong tribe confounds. The right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller, Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Go Abundance Podcast. We hope to see you at a live event in the near future. If you're new to us, here's a quick explanation of our programs. Number one, Emerge, a web-based journey for millionaires to be. Number two, Ascend, an interactive mastermind, the next stage of our journey. Number three, Go Abundance Elite, the original tribe of millionaires. Number four, Go Abundance Champions, five million net worth and above. Number five, Go Abundance Women, a tribe of amazing badass women. For detailed information on all five of these, simply find us at GoBundance.com. Until then, grab life big.